My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 26 through 32. Several names of D David's list of mighty men. Several names, great list, all these mighty men, valiant men of the armies. Of course, Asahel was the brother of Joab. And hard to pronounce names, you know. You don't know whether you're cussing in Hebrew when you pronounce them. And so you're just praying that God would forgive you if you are. Elhanan and Shamoth and Helaz and Ira and Ikish, Abiezer, Sibakei, Elai, Mehariah, Helad, Ittathai, Benaiah, and Uriah. Benaiah was the Pyrethonite, and Uriah was by the brooks of Gaish. Now, the difference between these two men is they were not known by their father's names or by their family names or by their communities. They were known by the place where they were raised, the actual homestead where they were from and how they were trained as mighty men and warriors. And I want to contrast two names from this list and give you an indication of what I believe that God is calling the saints of First Pentecostal Church to make a decision and decide what kind of mighty person do you want to be, Benaiah or Uriah. And it's a choice that you have to make. And the quality of that choice is determined by your ability to stand on biblical principle and understand what God's expecting you to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. I want to be the kind of man of God that the scripture teaches us that we should be. Are you a Benaiah? Are you a Uriah? Are you from the brooks of Gaish? Are you from Pyrathon, which is a fortress? Where were you trained? And how were you trained? And will you fight when the chips are down and when it looks like there is no victory in sight? Will you fight on until you see the victory won? And I believe that that is the kind of attitude that we have got to choose. We choose our attitude. You can't choose your circumstance all the time. You can't choose how people receive you or accept you or like you or don't like you. But you can choose your attitude. And you've got to choose that attitude. And I want to choose Benaiah as my model in this list of mighty men. So we're going to talk about that. And I want you to put all your Bibles down in your Samsung and your iPhone stuff and, and iPad and all that. And I just want you to lift your hands to heaven and say, God, I'm going to make the right choice in the spirit. And I'm going to do what you have wanted me to do. God, I thank you for this list of mighty men, and I thank you for your word in Psalms that speaks to us concerning these lists that you made for future generations to teach them and instruct them in the ways of the Lord. And we receive that, and we ask that you would help us as we make our choice tonight in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. I take these two names as my subject this evening from David's list of fighting men. Every one of us are aware that serving God and doing anything worthwhile in life is going to be a fight. There is a war to wage and there is a battle to win and those battles sometimes come at you one right after another. 
So you really can't pick when the battle starts or when it ends. You just have to make up in your mind that if I'm in a battle, I'm going to fight it. And I'm going to fight it to the best of my ability. All of these names are hard to pronounce. And yet, they bring to us an understanding of exactly what it takes to be a part of God's army. I want to be in God's army. I want to be responsible, not for simply what happens to me, but how I respond to that circumstance and what I do in reaction to it because that's going to define my value. That's going to define whether or not I'm able to add anything to the kingdom effort, how I respond to the circumstance. Because you can't always uh, predict and you can't always choose what life throws at you. It can throw you some curves. I mean, how many of you have ever had life throw you some curves? where it just totally surprised you out of nowhere. But yet, in the midst of the battle, God was true and God gave you guidance and the Lord was there by your side to help you through every circumstance. And how many of you are thankful for the faithfulness of God? He's never failed us. And so Benaiah the Pirathonite and Uriah from the brooks of Gaish. Uriah of the brooks of Gaish, that means that he had his house just north of the mountain of Ephraim. And his house was built by what they called the brooks of Gaish. Uriah was known by the location where he lived. Benaiah the Pirathonite, he was, his home was in the fortress of Pirath, or called Pirathon. The custom of these nicknames is sometimes very indicative, and these two men are best known in the army of David by these descriptions of where they lived. One was from a fortress, and the other was by the brooks. Now, consider with me, first of all tonight, the man named Uriah. Uriah lived by the brooks of Gaish, which were mountain brooks. One day, the brooks would be fierce torrents, and then the next day, they'd be all dried up. Shallow indeed, a mountain brook is the most fickle of brooks. It depends on rain and storms for its supply of water rather than internal springs. Therefore, these kind of brooks have no depth. When you need water the most, they don't have any to give. And when you don't need any water, they threaten you with an uncontrollable deluge. A mountain brook is romantic. It's kind of a sweet notion, but it's unreliable and it never can be counted on. You can build a mill by it, but your will will either stand still or it'll spin so fast it'll break down. And at the mountain brook, you're always caught by extremes. And it seems that so many people today are caught by extremes. It has nothing between the drought and too much water. So Uriah had his home by the brooks of Gaosh. And he himself was like those brooks that he lived by. That was his epitaph. And I'm sure he was a good fighting man. And when he was up, he was really up. And when he was down, my goodness, he was really down. His life was at extremes. It was always a crisis. How many of you know some people that every day is a crisis? I mean, they're always drama, drama, drama. Oh, I see you're scared to say yeah, 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 yeah. He could be full of zeal for the Lord one day and the next day be ready to call it quits. He was a good man, but he was known as being where he lived by the brooks of Gaish. The other man in the text, and our subject is Benaiah from Pirathon. His home was at the fortress. The fortress may not have been as glamorous, may not have been as romantic, may not have been as colorful, and perhaps it was not as romantic, but it was unfailing and it was dependable. It was safe and it was consistent. It wasn't so high or too low. It was pretty much the same. Benaiah had that kind of reputation as a soldier. He was the one you would want to be fighting side by side with you when you're in the battle. Their opinion is not so fickle and so easily changed by the circumstance. 
and he was instant in season and out of season. Those are good people to have around. They're, they're worshipers no matter what's going on in their life. When things weren't going too well, he knew they'd get better. And when things were going very well, he knew they wouldn't stay that way either. How many of you know that as, as life goes on, sometimes it can be bad and sometimes it can be good. But God doesn't change whether you're up or down or whether it's good or bad. God is still the same. So my question to the first Pentecostal church and all the great saints here tonight, which one are you, Benaiah or Uriah? And you're going to have to make a decision as to who you are. Do you live by the brooks of Gaish or do you live in the fortress of Pirith? What kind of tag do people in your world give you? As a matter of fact, when a ship is tried out at sea, it's called a shakedown cruise. And if you haven't recognized it, life is pretty much a shakedown cruise. We're on our way to eternity. And God is going to try us. Impulse and brief enthusiasms may carry you through for a while, but they are too fickle for the real demands of life. Because sometimes life can be a long, lonely trudge. The days and the months and even years when there are no applauding voices and there's no encouraging word and there's nobody behind you to say, come on, let's do this. We can do this. It's go we're going to make it. There's no familiar hand from before that beckons you on to advance in the kingdom, living a life like the brooks of Gaius where we're one out completely. The real test of time demands something. The real test of life demands something besides highs and lows. When all hope seems gone, the consistent godly man knows that God gives power to the faint and God gives strength to those who have no might and that God will not fail you no matter how you feel at the moment or what you are going through. Isaiah 40 and 30 says, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint. And so I ask you again, which one are you, Benaiah or Uriah? The problems and the vicissitudes of life are not the criteria to measure how much God loves you and how much you feel blessed right now. That's no measure of how, whether God's behind you or God has faith in you to Benaiah, whether the brook is a torrent or whether it's dry. It just don't make any difference. He's got a fortress and he knows God is with him. Even when it looks like all the enemy has broken loose upon you and just trying to beat you down one hit right after another, he knows that God loves him. He knows that God's going to see him through. Uh, he knows that no matter what he's facing in life, God is going to help him uh, and he's going to see him through. Uh, he makes a way where there is no way. And so you can, whenever it seems like nobody else is praising God, you can still say, I'm going to fight in the battle and I'm going to worship the Lord and there's not going to be a moment in my life when I do not trust in the Lord my God. It doesn't make any difference whether you feel anything here tonight. God is still good. I don't care whether it's your favorite preacher or not. God is still good. God is with us and God loves us no matter what. I said he's going to see us through. I said he's going to see us through. King Saul is a good example of a man that lived by the brooks of Gaish. He was so wishy-washy, and yet he was the most likely to succeed because he stood head and shoulders over everybody else. No young man had more promise than he had. He was goodly to look on. He had those noble attributes, that poise in the midst of the Kodak moment. 
but he would be up one day and depressed the next. This brother was so moody. He needed to call David out from shepherding sheep to play a harp for him to get him in the mood to hear from God. He even got to the place where he needed somebody to come in and help him with his depression. He was so inconsistent. This king of Israel was so inconsistent that it was absolutely pathetic. He had fed his life with the fleshly torrents of passion and feeling, and he never dug deep enough to find that well and that internal inspiration that never runs dry. Because if you're always depending on what somebody else is having to do in order to make you feel good, then you're not going to ever be the, the Benea that God wants you to be. Where you don't need a single external motivational force anywhere around you. You've already got that internal engine built and it is stoked and on fire for God every time you walk in the house of the Lord. The poverty of his soul was revealed under the severe test of life's great demands. And just the simple fact, Saul didn't have what it, he just didn't have what it takes. He didn't have the inner resources when they were desperately needed. He didn't have the wisdom and so he whined like a spoiled child. He needed the courage of godliness, but he appealed to fools who only tickled his fancy. The swift torrents of his brooks of Gaish weren't there when he really needed them and when he really needed something. And when the chips were down, he didn't have any resources. So I want to just ask you some questions. Are you a Benaiah? Are you a Uriah? Are you a Saul? Are you going to be a David? Are you self-motivated? Or does somebody always got to pat you on the back to get you to do what you know is already right to do? Hmm. Well, Brother Kinsey, you need to pray for me. Oh, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to pray for you that you get a revelation that you recognize that you've got a resource that ought to give you the strength and the power. Now, let me ask you this. Do you add value or do you take value? Do you add anything to a service? Are we glad that you're here or do we kind of slink over to the side and hope that we don't have to shake your hand? I just want to know, are you a Benaiah or Uriah? Are you going to add value to the service? Or do we need to get the choir to sing for you? Or do I have to have some special group to come in to get you excited about Jesus? Or do you already know that he died on the cross for your sins? He rose again on the third day. And there's no greater value that anybody can add to you than what Jesus has already added to you. There's no great preacher on this planet that can give you more than Jesus gave you. Because that trumpet's going to sound and when that trumpet sounds, you're going to leave this world. Amen. So let me go on. Y'all need to smile before I say this next statement. Do you want everybody to conform to your neurosis? Hmm. Just because you're mad at them doesn't mean everybody else has got to be mad at them. Just because you think they're lost and a loser doesn't mean everybody else has got to think it. Oh, well, hallelujah. Y'all might as well smile because this is the truth. Because I can't pastor this church on people's manic, depressed state. I can't, I can't pastor and I can't live my life on everybody's neurosis. I got to find a solid rock. I got to find a fortress. I can't be moved by the shifting sands of people's mood swings because mood swings will not get us to where we're going. Because when you're up, you're up. But when you're down, you're down, my friend. And I can't always pick you up and stop along the way and get and mop you up off the floor and get you a little bit elevated. You got to find... Mm, Hallelujah. You need to find the driving power. I hope it's all right if I just preach it right on down the line. You need a fire on the inside of you. 
that there ain't enough devils in hell that can put that fire out. You know, I, I, I've gotten to a point, and I'm just going to tell you how I feel. I'm not into this Pentecostal charade anymore that I worship when I'm around the right people and then when I'm around a different group because they're a little bit different. I, I don't do that. If I'm at camp meeting, I don't care who's there. I don't care if my friends are preaching or I don't even know who's preaching. I'm still going to worship God because I don't belong to the charade. And you can if you want to. But you're a Uriah. I'll tell you why I'm preaching this message because I have counseled three very powerful ministers of the gospel who are even more powerful that I perceive them to be more powerful than me and they are broken men, broken men. They haven't sinned, they don't want to quit but I have watched them weep and I have wept with them over things that are happening in their life and here's the problem. I asked the Lord to show it to me and he showed it to me as clear. He said they weren't strategic about who they put in the battle with them. They got too many Hurias in their life that are so shallow that when they're up, they look really good. But when they're down, you couldn't pump them up if you had a jackhammer. And that's what has broken them. You know what we need? We need some Benayas. They're on fire for God no matter what. When the chips are down... I just want to know, can anybody worship with no music? Can anybody praise God when nobody's screaming in the mic? When everything is down, are you a Benaiah or are you a Uriah? I'll tell you what I'm for. I'm for the kingdom of God. I'm for Jesus Christ. I'm for giving him glory. I say, what are you going to do? Who are you going to turn to? How are you going to conduct your life? So here it is. When it's a struggle to go to church, that's when you need to go to church. Don't listen to people that have got this thing figured out to where they feel like they still have a relationship with God even though they're disobeying the word of God. There's no such thing as you having a relationship with God if you're in disobedience to his word. Let me, let me just say that one more time because I don't know if you understand what I just said because there's a lot of people that won't be faithful to the house of God but they're faithful to Walmart every week. They're always sick on Sunday but they've got the Monday morning miracle. Hallelujah. Come on now. Whoa. We need people that are consistent. Quit using, I still feel the presence of God, so I must be all right. There, God loves you enough to still move in your life even though you're disobeying him. But it's not to prove to you that what you're doing is right. It's to draw you back to a relationship with him. Don't misunderstand why. I know it's a struggle to do something right when everybody else is doing it wrong, but this preacher's gonna preach it right no matter how they preach it wrong. I'm still gonna preach in holiness. I'm still gonna do what's right in the sight of God. I'm gonna tell you something else. Whether I feel that special oil of anointing, and I feel it tonight, so y'all might as well just hold on. But I, even if I don't feel it, I'm still gonna preach. Even if I don't feel the gift of utterance, I'm still going to preach. When you look like you could care less whether I'm preaching, yeah, I'm still going to preach it. When you look mad because I'm preaching, you're probably not mad. You know, you're just like thinking about something uh, and you might even be mad, but it doesn't matter. I'm still going to preach it. When you come to church and sleep the whole service. 
When you don't worship God, I'm still, woo! When you don't lift your hands, when you don't act like it's any good, when you act like it's the worst sermon you've ever heard, but it doesn't make any difference. When I don't feel it, I'm still going to be friendly. I'm still going to smile at people. I'm still going to shake their hand. Why? Because my salvation is not based on my emotional condition. It's based on what Jesus did for me. And you need to base your salvation not on who's messing up and who's doing wrong, but what has Jesus done in your life? He's never changed. He said, I am the Lord and I change not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He was God before you were born and he'll be God long after you're dead. And he is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that God is alive. Amen. I'm not going to live my life by the brooks of Gaish. I'm going to live my life at the fortress of Pirith. Hallelujah. Here it is. The name of the Lord is a mighty, strong tower. And the righteous runneth into it and is what? You're safe. Jesus said... Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell. I'm sorry, I don't care what neurosis you're under here tonight. The, 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 the rock's not going to fail. I don't care what crisis you've got. And I'm going to say something else. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But if I'm up, I'm okay. If I'm down, I'm okay. If I'm in the middle, I'm okay. Because the gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church of the living God. I'm going to say it just like it is. The godly man has unfailing resources. There's no such thing as God failing you when you come to church. There's no such thing as you being in an emergency room and God failing you. God's never failed you, not one time. And if you're connected to the right resource, there ain't a devil in hell. If some, nobody in this church shakes your hand, Jesus can still heal you of your sickness. You can still press your way through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment. This is a, this unfailing resource is so strong and this is what you need. This is what I'm praying for those pastors that are struggling, that they can be sustained when the world, the flesh, the devil, hard-headed, hard-hearted people are pounding on you. It's not a cliche, but nothing can separate you from the love of God. I'm going to say that again. For I am persuaded. I said, I am persuaded. Y'all are not persuaded yet on this Sunday night. But I am persuaded that nothing, not life, not death, not principalities, not powers, not things to come, not things that are happening now. Nothing can separate us from the love which is in Christ Jesus. I may not have a lot of spark and I may not have a lot of spur, but I'll tell you what, I still have an excitement burning on the inside of me because I'm not going to live my life by the brooks of Gaius uh, gushing out one minute uh, and dried up the next. I'm going to find my pyrathon, a rooted and grounded life. So Benaiah, 
chose a fortified place and it was built to last. It was built to last. Now, something happened between Samuel and Chronicles because the name Uriah was actually Hibai in Samuel. Now, Hibai in the Hebrew means the rejoicing of Jehovah. And he was by the brooks of Gaish. But Uriah means the linen weaver. He was a weaver of linen. His station in life was lowly by comparison to other people. Now, he was a mighty man in the list. But he let his occupation kill his rejoicing in Jehovah. To where the Hibai was dropped. And in Chronicles, all you know of him is that he was a weaver of linen. My, my, my. How many people start out serving the Lord? Rejoicing in Jehovah. I'm going to write a whole new song. Praise. And I'm going to sing a solo in the choir. You watch. One of these days. I'm going to get to sing a solo, and I don't have to be bitter about it anymore. I thought I was going to stay home tonight because I knew they weren't going to let me sing. I just thought for sure my brook had dried up because nobody let me sing. Well, once I sing, you'll understand why they don't let me sing. Because we want to have a move of God. We want you to enjoy church, and I want you to come back. And I'd rather you come back than hear me sing. You need to quit connecting everything to your supply. Oh, I wish somebody would go ahead and say, I'm going to be a Benaya. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to live in the fortress. I'm going to be grounded. I'm not going to allow the enemy to steal my joy just because I'm a linen weaver. Honey, you might be a linen weaver, but I'm going to tell you, if you can fight, if you can fight when the devil's trying to bind our church service, when the devil's trying to take us down a notch, if somebody can stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to take authority over that spirit, and I'm not going to let it whip me tonight. Now, Jesus said, I'm almost done. A wise man built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, it don't make any difference where you build your house. The rain's coming and the storm's coming. It's just, are you going to stand when the storm comes? Now, the church is proof of what survives. She has survived apostasies. She survived popularity. She survived negligence. She survived torment. She survived persecution. She has survived liberalism. She has survived worldliness. She has survived carnal members that won't pray. <laughs> Y'all didn't think I was going to say that. She has survived people that won't consecrate themselves. Mm. She has survived the shallowness because the tragedy of shallowness is always before us. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. You may not know this, but the fastest growing Christian church in the world is not in America. It's not in Europe. It's in Iran where it's illegal to be a Christian. They make you sign a, a, uh, a covenant with them that if you lose everything, if you lose your life, you will never reveal who another Christian is so they can't kill us all. They'll just kill you and not everyone else. That's the only way to join their church is you gotta sign it. Wow. 
and it's the fastest growing Christian church in the world. And guess what? They're baptizing in Jesus' name and getting the Holy Ghost. Where it's illegal. So don't tell me that it can't work. Don't tell me God can't move when the chips are down. So beware of easy acceptance and beware of shortcuts. The Bereans passed that kind of religion by in Acts 17 and 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Popularity, Numbers and money are not the criteria of old time religion. The house we build cannot stand by its own strength. It's got to have the rock underneath it. And we need that Holy Ghost, Jesus name. One God, foundation. Our will, our nature needs to be Christian. May I say it? I'm gonna say it to you. We need to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that beholds his natural face in a glass and he sees himself as he is and he turns around and he walks away and he forgets what manner of man he was that he saw. But the rock will keep you if you trust, if you've got conviction and you rest on him Here's my hymn and my theme. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, and all of the ground is sinking sand. How great my God is. I said, how great my God is. I love him. I love him when everything's going good, and I love him when everything's going bad. I thank him for the word. I thank him for his church. I thank him for his keeping power. I thank him for everything he's done. I thank him for every mountain. I thank him for every valley. I thank him for every storm that he's brought me through. I thank him for every problem that I've ever had. For if I never had a problem, how would I know that God could solve them? And how would I know what faith in God can do? Woo! I wish I had some real bananas in the house. I don't mean you no harm, and I love you, but I'm not going to be burned out at the end of my life because I've got a bunch of Uriahs that don't know the difference between up and down. I need some Benayas in the house that'll fight. You'll fight in the back. You'll fight in the altar. You'll fight in the baptismal tank. You'll fight in the choir. You'll fight in the singing. I wanna know, do I have any mighty men or am I preaching to wimps and sissies and people who don't know their identity? Or am I preaching to people who are built on a solid rock, who aren't shaken by every wind of doctrine that blows around and every prophetic word they hear in the air, but they are on a solid foundation. I have a sure word of prophecy and I want some bananas in the house. Amen. You can stand. I really am done. Ha! Woo! I want you to know Jesus loves every one of you. Whether you're in the brooks of Gaish, the fortress of Pyrrhus, I just choose Benea as the better model. Saul was a king of Israel. He was a man who prophesied. 
They even said at one time, is even Saul among the prophets? That's how much he prophesied. That's how much he was used of God in that capacity. But you hear me tonight. Your gift will not give you character. I have a gift. I don't doubt it. But your gift will not give you character. Because I've watched a lot of gifted people go by the wayside because they had no character. I'll tell you what will give you character. Standing the storm. Braving the winds. Worshiping God when the brooks dried up. When you hadn't heard from God and you haven't heard an encouraging word in two years from nobody, but you still praised him. You still worshiped him. Somebody needs to make a decision tonight because God's calling you see, here's the problem with this kind of message. God's not going to be satisfied with your brooks of Gaish. God's not going to allow you to allow your low station or your perception of a low station. I'm just, I'm a nobody, Brother Kinsey. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm nothing, Brother Kinsey. Oh, well, hello. You, I didn't need you to tell me that. That's true of all of us. And none of us worthy of salvation. Not a single one of us. We didn't do anything to deserve it. But yet we're saved. But in the midst of the storm, that's when you need to make your decision. I am going to be a Benaya. Now there's another Benaya in the list. There was two Benayas. One was from the fortress and the other was the son of Jonathan. And this other Benaya was a cool dude because he could slay lions in a pit on a snowy day, the Bible says. That's what I need. You're at your lowest and you're at your coldest and you're alone in the fight but you slay your lion in a pit on a snowy day. And I love it too because he slew two lion-like men of Moab. They were tall and ugly and mean. <laughs> yeah, you too. Two lion-like men of Moab. Then he went down in an Egyptian that Egyptian looking dude with a big old spear in his hand. He had no weapon. But you know what he did? I don't know if he knew Kung Fu or not, but it sounded like he did because he tried to use the spear on him and he just chopped him, took his spear out and slew him with his own spear. Now that's the kind of man I need. I need somebody that can take the weapon right out of the devil's hand and knock him down with it. I'll take some ladies that'll make their mind up. I'm not going to give in to every whim of my emotion. I'm going to stand on solid ground. And I really believe this tonight. A choice is being set before you. We're going to go into a remodeling and you know how all of that can be. It can take longer and cost more. I don't know where I heard that from, Sister Joanne. But I heard that from somebody. I can just remember the name. 
I believe it was Brother Paul Welch. But I need some bananas that's got some strength that ain't whining every time we come to church. Well, I tell you, y'all are some miracle workers. Y'all can take water and turn it into wine, W-H-I-N-E. Quicker than anybody I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I believe in miracles. I can turn anything into a wine, Brother Kenzie. I can turn a real move of God. I can whine about it all the way home. I refuse to do that. Amen. I refuse to even entertain it. I want to be at the fortress. And I may not be able to change my linen weaving self, but I'm not going to let them change my name. If I start out with him, Bai, read it in Samuel. That's how it's H I B B A I from the brooks of Gaish. It's there in Samuel. Look it up. It means rejoicing of Jehovah. Wow! That's how I want to stay. So you say, Brother Kinsey, I ain't nothing. But Jehovah's rejoicing over you. That ought to count for something. That's not you rejoicing. It, his name means because you're in the church, Jehovah's rejoicing. Brother Shirty, did you know Jehovah's rejoicing? You're in the church. Brother McCullough, with your little shining head back there, God, whoa, you ought to just get out in the aisle and shout a little bit if you don't pass out. Praise God. Huh? Dale White, do you know Jehovah's rejoicing over you? But I'm just who I am. But you don't have to let them change your name. You can keep it Hibai. You can keep the right name if you make the right choice. But I can't choose this for you. Ain't nothing I can do. Because I can't sing to you. I can't play. All these preachers that can get up there and play and sing. I wish I was like Merle Ewing. And y'all all start crying and carrying on. God, oh, I, I ain't never heard anything like that in all my life. And then you go out and still be just as ignorant as you were before. Because you didn't find the Jesus that changes lives. And of all the people that I've missed, I've missed Uncle Murrow the most. I miss him so much. I was just thinking the other day, I wanted to call him and just talk to him. Brother Brian, I love you. I'd just love to hear that one more time. But I can't. And I can't sing to you. And I don't know how to play. So please keep playing, Steve. I taught him everything he knows and he still don't know nothing. Praise God. I'm teasing, teasing. But I'm just saying, it don't make any difference. I'm on a solid rock. I'm connected to a resource. I'm connected to an unfailing force. And you need to get connected to it. And every time you come to church, you ought to be on. Be on. Be on. Be on. Be ready. Well, I just can't do that. Well, if you'll do a rule of five and start living for God every day, I better, you better believe you'll be able to do it. You watch how it'll change in your life. You watch. Get up in the morning, and, and, and instead of me having to call you to pray, you just get up and pray. Get up and read your Bible. Get up and get a hold of God and see if it doesn't make a difference. Now, I'm asking you, church, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? 
The choice is yours. Jehovah's rejoicing over you right now. Don't make me change your name to reflect only. Didn't even reflect that he was a mighty man. It only reflected he was a linen weaver because he was by the brooks of Gaish. That's it. And I just want to know, who do you want to be? Choose it today. Choose it. So you step out. I don't care what you choose. I can't make you make you the right choice, but I can ask you to do it. And I can ask, where are my banayas? And I'm talking to the ladies as well. Where are the banayas in the church? Where are the ones that are going to be on point every service? Every time we come to the house of God. Every moment. Walk up here. Trust in the Lord. I want to be a Benea. Come on, young people. You can come on now. You've been sweet. You've done what I've asked you to do. And now you come on. Come on. You look at these two young men up here praying. I'm going to call them Benea's. Hibbeas. God's rejoicing over them. Maurice, come on. Come on. I'm going to call it like I see it. You're a banana. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.